This is the Mo Gilligan Podcast. Sit tight, relax, and enjoy the Mo Gilligan Podcast. Yes, my people, how you doing? Um, you're now listening to the Mo Gilligan Podcast. Um, my guest today, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have today's guest um, on the show. Um, we have Munya. How you doing, Munya? How are you? How are you? I'm good, man. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like... It's been very busy and like uh, I always like to have a bit of space in my head just to kind of come up with ideas. Yeah. But um, I feel like at the moment just like, everything's popping off. It feels like fireworks going off and stuff. So I'm grateful to be busy, but I didn't expect the year to go like this. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's happening very quickly, but you know, I always got time for you, man. I think the beautiful thing, Monya, is what you're doing is, and I said this to you recently the other day when you've done the webinar. So thanks for doing that. I really mm. appreciate that for the documentary you are something that, for, uh, just for myself, that you're doing something that I've never seen before in terms of the way, one, the way you're turning around your content, mm. you've now set the benchmark. Like, and that is like, sometimes I sit there, I'm like, wow, man, I wish I could do content <laughs> that quick. <laughs> like, because it's not just putting out content quick. It's quality. Mm. You're putting out good quality content. And what you're doing as well, you've got this level of satire where it's like, there's some things you've done videos on. I haven't even known that's happened yet. Mm. And because your content is so quick and your satire is so good and the quality is so like unique, I'm sitting there like, this is where I'm getting my information and yeah. my comedy and I'm getting this quality. And I think the beautiful thing is, yeah, especially when I see it on, on Twitter, I feel like I keep saying the beautiful thing is beautiful. But it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really happy for your success because it's so nice to see how everyone champions you. Mm. It's so refreshing to see because there's been times where sometimes people can put <clears throat> people against each other. You yeah. know, oh, who's funny at this person or that person? But you're in your own lane. You're mm. like a horse with a blinkers on and you're going this way. And whatever way you go, your audience are following you. Yeah. So if you say tomorrow, do you know what? I want to try this character. Mm -hmm. You're at the best stage where your audience say, oh, do you know what? I like this man. Mm -hmm. I like that. But then I think from my, from myself as someone on the outside of looking at is like, when you get in the room and you most probably, I don't know, but when you get in the room of, you know, doing TV, sketch shows, whatever you want to do, there's a level of creativity that you're bringing to a table that everyone listens to your last word. Mm. That might not have happened for you yet, but it will happen. Yeah. Where you'll sit in the room and they'll have 20 people and like, yeah, so what? Like, what, 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 what <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and you can say, yeah, we want to do it like this, do that. And that makes sense for that. And that makes sense for this. And this makes sense for that. And it's going to be something where you I, and I know you already know that because the way you create your content is so the quality like I'm, I look at your content and I'm like that is so sick mm -hmm. because you're doing a satire on a level which is it's high bruv yeah nah man I appreciate it's so high mm -hmm. and I think I know for myself when I was kind of doing videos you, you're in the moment you're just like I'm just in the moment I just want to do videos like I just want to do videos yeah but from watching it from an outside perspective, yeah. I'm like, this is so sick. Nah, man, I, I honestly, that just makes me so you know pleased to hear. And 
you know, I'm ve- I'm really, really grateful for it. I, I remember the first time I met you actually was on a radio show. Represent. Represent. I remember that. And you know, I got a big up my friend Scott because he, so you <laughs> met Scott. Now, Scott, just as a, as a bit of um, context, he is the nicest guy you ever meet, but he has mm. the external of a Caucasian hamster. Like yeah. that is the way I would describe him. <laughs> and yeah. for some, somehow he got your number. Yeah. And, I, and I remember him telling me, and I remember being like, can we get Mel on the show? He's from Brit School. Scott. Yeah, he's from Brit School. Yes, I remember Scott. I remember I've done his show at Brit, Brit this, Radio. Exactly. Yes, I remember. So I was like, oh mate, you've met, you met Mo. Can we get him on the show? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I'll, so I was like, okay, give me his number so he can speak. He's like, no, it's okay, I'll deal with that. Like he wanted to guard <laughs> yeah. that number. Because like, I said to Scott, I said, yeah, if you got anything coming up, let me know and we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. That, that that phone number was his pride and joy. He would go to parties <laughs> yeah. and go, hey, you know whose number that is? That's most. So, so big up to Scott. Big up Scott, but man. I remember first meeting you and just thinking, uh, you look at somebody and you think, will I ever be able to kind of replicate what this person's doing where you, you see so many people engaging and enjoying their content? Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I was... I was going to even step into the world of comedy. Do you know mm. what I mean? All I knew is I was trying everything. Yeah. Anything you can imagine, I was trying. I had my radio show. I tried to do a fashion uh, vlog, even though yeah, I, you know, yeah. I dressed like a K-pop fan. <laughs> I tried, um, what else did I try? I tried everything. I tried literally doing normal vlogs. I tried writing. I tried to have a satire show on Twitter ages ago. It was called Six and Sixty, where I'd like round up six stories in 60 seconds. Yeah. And it was getting maybe, I don't know, 10, 60 views. And I was like, okay, it's not working, but I know something will work. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was working in, in TV and I wanted to be the presenter of this show that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And they said, look, you ain't got a profile, you're a nobody. Mm. So why don't you be a producer? Because we can see you can write. And the only yeah. reason I learned to write is because I was doing all these other things. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like watching my jokes being told by other people and they were working. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, but why can't I do them? Yeah. And so that's why I took to Instagram. Yeah, and lo and behold I, I tried to go down the relatable route like oh when you lose your friends in a club or you know when your girl does this or whatever and I was like who am I kidding like, I don't know anything about girls so like yeah. let me stop pretending and let me just talk about something that I uh, yeah I am interested in yeah. I'm interested in the world I'm interested in politics to a degree social commentary and I was like I know this is proper nerdy but some people might like it Yeah, and obviously people the right people find your content and start to, to, you know, engage with it. Mm. And so I thought, well, I wonder if it's weird if I do one like a news report and, and talk about how the news treats black people through their use of language and stuff. Mm. I don't know. I'll try it out. And then you get a group of people who relate to that. And so what it taught me is that, you know, I could find an audience who just want, who had my sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And it's taught me that you should make content for the audience you want, not just an audience. Yeah. yeah. You you can make something, uh, that appeals to many, many people. But if that's not the audience you want, the next time you do do something you want, people will be like, Oh, this is trash. Mm -hmm. So I, I have never set out to be funny to everybody. I've just set out to be funny to people who have the same sense of humor as me Mm -hmm. and also have an interest, uh, in the world. And I never, I don't know, my, my goal was 10K followers just so that I could get my foot in that presenting door. Yeah, yeah. And I remember getting to 10K and then it kept yeah. going, going. And they're like, okay, we're going to give you a shot on the show now. And then the yeah. channel shut down. So <laughs> okay. I forgot to live that dream. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, now this is it. And it was definitely a case of fake it till you make it because, yeah. you know, I've not done stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't hold my own on a stage with you for sure. But, um, you know, people call me a comedian, so I just had to start thinking like one. But you are though. That's the the, the thing. You're you're mm. a comic. You know, I think now that the comic isn't the person that is. You know, and this, as I said, this is a debate. So 
you know, there's some people who's like, no, but a comic is is the purest that goes on stage and writes mm. his own material and blah, blah, blah. And then, bro, like, I remember being in this in this scene, especially well, stand-up comedy scene, mm. and finding out some of these big comics have writers. I said, what? They don't write? Yeah. What do you mean, bro? It's, mad, it's like it? finding out Santa Claus isn't real. Like, like, what, isn't he? He's not real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for me, especially like, because I'd watched it from the outside, and until you find out, you know, because for me, for example, like, Comedy is like the the thing that I always found that I'm quite good at this. Like I was, mm, I'm quite good at this. I'm going to kind of stick with this. But watching from the outside, I'm sitting there like these comics that tour, are they performing new stuff every single night mm-hmm. on tour? Because surely you must get bored turning the same material. And until you you see a comic twice, you're like, hold on, what? Yeah, he's done, he's done that joke twice. Mm-hmm. He's done it. He's done it last week when I seen him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. It is. Like when, when you do kind of get into this space of a creative space, it becomes a creative space and a business space as well. And it's always hard because any creative is always a creative first and a business person second. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I went to university and started performing arts and theatre production and they're like, yeah, you need to learn how to do like taxes and invoices. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. Yeah. Man come to do to do Shakespeare, mm. bro. So I think that's the difference of like when you do get in the business space, even now I still learn things as I go along. Yeah. So I want to ask you, now you're in a place of, you know, you're creating these videos and your mm. content's going online. Like, is this what you always wanted? Because you said that you, mm. you know, I wanted to be a presenter and stuff. So now you're in this space. Do you feel like you've got what you want is, or is there more that you want to accomplish? Uh, that's a good question. So <clears throat> I've always loved to entertain, you know, beyond any kind of uh, egotistic reasons. And so I grew up in Zimbabwe mm-hmm. and uh, my mum's parents uh, still lived here. And you can imagine for them it was heartbreaking because uh, you always want to have grandkids and to be around them. But we then moved across the world, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and Mugabe wasn't the biggest fan of white people. So yeah. <laughs> what it meant is that <laughs> they couldn't really visit us as much as they wanted. And so yeah. what we resorted to is we would film everything. My parents would have like a little uh, camcorder and they'd film us like making go-karts or, or you're climbing trees or whatever we were doing that day. And we'd send the videos over. Now, the concept of being able to watch myself back when I was a kid, I thought it was amazing. So yeah, we'd, yeah. we'd do this on camera and I'd be like, mum, please can we watch the video? We'd gather around the TV, put the, the cassette in and I just found it hilarious. And I, I would always consciously think of funny things I could say in the video so I could laugh at them that night when I was watching them. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> built in me was this, was this real fascination with, um, you know, I can do something that gets a reaction in a room. Like I can make my mum and my dad laugh by what I say in this recording. Mm. So when I went to school now, I think my dad sort of latched onto that and said, okay, my son's going to be a politician. Yeah. So uh, he's clearly from Scotland. And um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know how the man sounds in Zimbabwe, yeah, but there's no reference. If you're from there, I believe it. <laughs> now, do you know, my, to be fair, my dad's a bit of an enigma. Like my dad changes his name every three months because he gets bored. <laughs> so he's a side note. But um, I think my dad uh, wanted to move very far in the world of law. Mm. And I don't think that worked out for him because the UK was a very different place at the time Mm. and the odds were stacked against him. So subconsciously, I think he wanted me to live out that dream for him Mm. by going into law, going into politics, by becoming a public speaker. Mm. So he would always encourage me to do public uh, speaking at school, debating in sixth form and stuff like this. But I always wanted to make it funny because I remember sort of talking in class and seeing people's faces stern until I dropped a joke. 
So me wanted to make it funny, sort of ruled out law because you can't be busting jokes in like a court yeah. case over murder or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. um, basically, obviously I thought I was going to do that via presenting. Mm. But if I'm now doing it through these sketches that kind of make satire, you know, satirical sketches that make a depressing world a little bit more digestible, I feel like I'm already like living my dream. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This feels, everything that I had on my vision board two years ago is my life now. Mm. And I'm so happy about that, but it makes me just think, I want to just scrub over the vision board and make a new one. So that's what yeah. I've now had to start doing. Yeah. Keep changing up the visions. Mm. You know, Netflix was on my vision board. Um, I thought, I don't know how, but mm. I want it to happen. And now an element of that has happened where I'm doing like an online show for them. Yeah. So of course the next thing is, you know, I want, I want to follow in your footsteps and to do like a, spe a special or a show on there. But ultimately I could retire tomorrow. I could finish tomorrow and I'd still be the happiest I'm still as happy as I ever could be. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That sounds really nice because I remember <clears throat> meeting a friend of mine who, um, you know, he was training to be a pilot for years. And I remember like when we were quite young and I was like, oh, so you've been trying to be a pilot? Mm. He's like, yeah, bro, I want to be a pilot. I just love planes. And he got to the position where he was a pilot and he had an accident where he lost his vision in one of his eyes where the ball mm. hit him in the eye. And I remember hearing that and I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry for you. And he's like, dude, don't. I've lived my dream. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a pilot. I became a pilot and I've done that. I'll I'll be a happy man for the rest of my life. I'm Okay, I'm, you know, I might not be doing it right now, but mm. I trained long enough to say, boom, I got to be a pilot. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really good that you can see your... I think it's like, it's really good you're, you're seeing your vision and what you want to happen in the future. Of because course, yeah. I think so many times it's very easy to, you know, it's very, I always say you must always look to the future, but it's always really good having that plan of settled. Do you know what? I want to do that. I might do that. Or even if you're saying I've got a vision board, but I want to start again. Because for so many times, I remember when I first started getting into comedy, you know, there was a lot of people doing presenting stuff, mm. you know, whether it be on SBTV and stuff. And I thought, well, that's what I want to do. Because if I present and do like my little, like kind of funny kind of presenting style, then that would get me like, I'll get exposure. Yeah, yeah. Wicked, man. And I remember doing it and I interviewed, um, <laughs> I interviewed Janelle Monet, right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a good friend of mine. He was managing me at the time. And um, he said, yeah, you know, going to be interviewing Janelle Monet. Yeah. Right. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, like, so I didn't know who she was. So he's like, this is a big biog on her. <laughs> need to read this like mm. tonight we're going to be interviewing on a Wednesday we go to Marble Arch this hotel to interview her so I'm like oh this is it this is the one <laughs> this is a big shot I can, I can be a bit funny mm. but I can interview like someone who's going to be a big star loads of people watch it this would be perfect so I've got there I've wrote my notes got into the room now this is a press junket mm. I didn't even know what this was yeah so oh, know, the ones where they get you in and out in and ASAP. out so mm. we're like we're only like I think we're, we're the third one of the morning mm. Um, so, you know, you've always got this team, especially, I think it's always quite funny with Americans. Like whenever Americans, they've always got like, Americans always have entourage. Oh, huge. Like it doesn't matter what stage they are of their career. Mm. There's always a lot of people around them, mm -hmm. which is so weird because like, <laughs> like I just like my close people around me. That's it. I don't like same. loads of, loads of people. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I'd just rather just chill out with my friends backstage. Mm -hmm. Like that, that just feels a lot more natural than being like, having your manager there, you've got PA there, you've got, you know, there's a lot, I've, I've sometimes I've, 
like especially with certain shows I've knocked on the door hey you're right like mm. thanks for doing the show and you're like whoa there's so much people in this room I know and you think <laughs> Why you can't you all be essential to the journey like <laughs> yeah. just, it's mad isn't it do you know what I learned as well my manager always said to me she's like always remember all them people are getting paid mm. so it looks great of like whoa man it's got 20 yeah. 20 person team mm-hmm. 20 person team getting paid it's mad <laughs> do you think they're there for a day out honestly <laughs> So you what were you intimidated by the entourage? So we got there and it's this lovely hotel. So this entourage there. So this lady comes over. Hey there, how you doing? Okay, um, just gonna go in like two minutes. Chanel's just gonna have some some water and then you'll be straight up. Cool. Then ask my name. Nothing. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm going in like I'm just going in dry basically in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cool. Gone in there, sat down. Hey, you're right. You okay? She's like, yeah, yeah, cool. She's lovely, lovely, like nice person. Started interview. Uh, so yeah, lovely to meet you, uh, Janelle Monet. And she was like, uh, what? Uh, my name's Janelle M- Monet, not Moe. And I was like, that's what I said. Oh my God, that's the worst. Because you didn't even get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What did I say? <laughs> yeah. This is at the start. I've still got my quick fire questions <laughs> to come up. So, iPhone or Blackberry? <laughs> <laughs> X Factor or Breeze Got Talent? I, I don't know what brilliant. Oh God, I know the feeling, bro. And I think for me, it was it's really good when you can kind of have things that don't go the direction that you thought it would. Yeah. It would because then it leads you in another direction. So hearing your story of saying, mm. you know, I was writing on the show, I wanted to be presented, and then it finished, mm-hmm. leads you in the direction that you're in now. Yeah. But what I will say is, uh, I have a story that probably will make you feel ten times better about that, and is also. Basically, the top line of the story is uh, Zach Efron put me off ever being a stand-up. Why? So, <clears throat> Zach. Okay, so he's from what's that from again? High School um, Musical. Yes. And, and Baywatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, you remember this job I told you about, right? This yeah. is where I was wanted to be the presenter. Yeah. Sometimes the presenters would have sick days, yeah. and by sick days I mean one of the presenters' little cousins shot him in the eye with a Nerf gun. So they needed. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. I mean, he's fine. The eye's fine. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On that day, he couldn't go into the junket because you know having an eye patch when you meet Zac Efron is not like a career highlight. Yeah. But anyway, they said you can go and interview Zac Efron and Zendaya. <laughs> so, you know, I hadn't dressed to do any kind of interview. So I was wearing these like trousers that had like grapes on them and stuff, which is not the way I wanted to present myself to Hollywood yeah. stars. But anyway, I said, I'll do it. So we were interviewing them about this, um, this film called The Greatest Showman. Yeah. And it's like a very sort of uh, spectacle heavy, like they're performing, they're singing, they're dancing. I was like, yeah. I want to do a special uh, talent for you, mm. which is uh, telling a joke. <laughs> now, I have to set up, the, set up this joke well. So this joke, right, it's meant to be a trick joke yeah. that leaves you trying to guess the answer and then you dropping the answer at the end and it's what makes people laugh. So the joke is, I'll do the joke now for you, but I'll tell you what the answer is. So I go, what's the difference between a piano, uh, a tin of tuna, and uh, a pot of glue, mm. right? So now you, t- you tell me what you think it is. So tin of tuna, a piano, and a pot of glue. Yeah, the difference. What's the difference? Um, so usually people go, I don't know, they'd say something stupid like, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Some, of them, some of them are in a container. And then you you say to them, you can tune a piano, yeah. but you can't piano tuna. So then they're sort of like, oh, that's a crap joke. And then halfway through they go, oh, what about the glue? And you go, ah, I thought you'd get stuck on that. And then everyone's oh, sort of like, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I told this joke yeah. in my last 10 seconds of the interview. Yeah. So I said to Zach Efron, what's the difference between a tin of tuna, a pot of glue, and a, t- uh, and a piano? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't know, man. I was like, uh, you can tune a piano, but you can't piano tuna. And they sort of just sat there. 
And then I got rushed out of the room, so I never even got to say the good bit of the joke. So they just thought that was my best attempt at a joke. And I just thought, nah, this stand-up's not for me. I wanted just to run in and go, I thought you got stuck on the glove. You know, it's so funny, yeah? Because he would have been leaving there like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what is this? What? You know, you know what's so mad about that? <laughs> is that there could be a time and a place where Zach's going to be like, dude, that guy. <laughs> what about the glue? <laughs> what the hell? He said the glue. That, that, you would never notice you, until you, you ever never meet him know. again. Oh, man. So, yeah, that was... <laughs> Nah, man, oh, me, God. you know what it is, right? I found meeting people <laughs> as a comic <laughs> comes with a lot of pressure. Yeah. I'm, at, I'm at gigs, right? Mm. Gigs has got this want to them party, innit? Yeah. On a boat. So it's like, yeah, you know, Spotify doing it, gigs is performing. Only a hundred fans can go on this boat, but mm. you know, like you're mo, innit? You have to go. So this was, this is early on. I was like, whoa, I've never been to nothing like this. You know, so gigs is there. So this is around the time I was on tour, right? So I was on tour, we are in the car. We're playing his his mixtape album. Want, want, it's called Want to them, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in one of the tracks, uh, Lingo, Deneo, yeah. yeah. So Lingo, and then gigs on the track. Couple of couple of Karens, and couple of couple of Sharons, mm-hmm. yeah. All my friends in the car gassing me up. You know that couple of couple of you inspired. <laughs> That's that. you. I said really. Mm. Nah, man. Nah, nah. All my friends. I'm telling you, that is because of you. Mm. I, I bet you 100. percent So I'm like, mm, oh, cool, man. I'm getting a I'm getting an influence on the music scene, yeah. yeah? So now I'm at the warmth to them party. I see gigs. I was like, oh, what's up, gigs, man? How you keeping, man? You know, gigs is like, yeah, that man's cool. That you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice guy, proper, really nice, humble yeah. guy. So I'm like, oh. So I'm like, gigs. You know, in that track, you know, lingo, you say couple of couple of Karen's and then a couple of couple of Sharon's. I was like, did you get that from me? <laughs> gigs just said. Is that no nah, like man just said that still but like <laughs> like no nah, like if you want to take that like you can take that in it <laughs> bruv I've never been knocked down I know and brought up at the same time <laughs> I remember just leaving just like I think I'm just gonna go toilet because I don't know <laughs> where to go I'm on a boat it's the fact he was where like, do you go it's, bro? it's the fact he was like you can have it if you want put it in your, put it in your LinkedIn if you like <laughs> yeah and I was like yeah no I'm not telling no one this because this is mad awkward it's <laughs> <laughs> just like I thought you'd be like yeah I did but it says like nah like man just a couple of minutes like, you didn't invent the word uh, but I mean oh, I was man. so embarrassed and like I just like yeah I'm just gonna go toilet and just walk around the boat and just yeah man bro I've been there I've been there with gigs to be fair, not in the same way, but yeah. uh, I remember uh, doing a, a parody of one of his songs mm. and he uh, responded, he reposted it, which was like, wow, this is amazing. But mm. did the thing on Insta where you tap on the picture and then you tag the person. Yeah. Now, obviously watching the video, you're not going to tap the video. Yeah. You see what's in the name and you click it. Yeah. And I remember uh, saying to my friend, I was like, oh, he's posted a video, but I don't think people will know it's me because I, I didn't have a profile then. And they're like, yeah, you know, just ask him. Just say, you know, hello, Mr. Giggles. Uh, Mr. Giggles. Uh, you know, could I get a tag? Could I please get a tag? <laughs> and um, <laughs> I remember messaging him and being like, oh, man, so cool to see the video. Do you, do you mind just putting me in the caption? He was like, I'm tagged you already, isn't it? I was like, okay, all right, cool. It's fine. Thanks, Mr. Giggles. See you later. I'll see myself out. <laughs> Oh, no nah, man, my hand went out. My hand was shaking like, when I was messaging. You're mad brave to say, 
I mean, you put me in the kitchen. Yeah, I know. Oh, why did I do that? <laughs> oh, why did I do that? I ain't gonna lie, there's a couple of times where some people reposted videos. I'm like, well, you can't add me now. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, I would really like to say, can you add me? But I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just going to be even more one. awkward. And yeah. he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take it down, isn't it? So, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was afraid. I was like, no, keep it up. It's great. It's really great. Loving the exposure. <laughs> also, I wanted to ask you, your turnaround mm. for content mm. is like, as I said like before, you've set the benchmark. Does that put you under pressure from people that, you know, because like when, for example, like when, you know, Chip put out his video, I see loads of people like, oh, Munyan, you need to respond because yeah. your content's so quick. Mm-hmm. Does that now put you under pressure to feel like, the people are deciding when they want the content as opposed to when you want to give them the content. I know exactly what you mean. And I think it definitely crossed my mind, but what I think people really want from me is quality. Mm. You know, that I think people would be really disappointed if I responded quickly, badly. So it's up to me to set the precedent and say, look, uh, I can't, I, I don't want to necessarily be the guy who responds first to everything. I just want to respond in a, in a very Munoz, in a Munoz style. Mm. You know what I mean? So if it's something to do with, uh, it could be something to do with like uh, Corona or lockdown or political thing or something like that. I will respond most likely if it's something everyone's talking about. But for me to work quickly, I might have to sacrifice quality. In that Mm. particular instance with the chip thing, I mean, look, this situation, so this, you know, this was at the time of recording less than seven days ago. So it's Mm. still, I'm still traumatized. But (laughs) I remember (laughs) having made a sketch that day already to parody uh, Rishi Sunak or people misinterpreting him saying, look, if you're a rapper, retrain. Yeah. So I'd done a video already where I was like, okay, this is, we've created a new government scheme called WOI, which is work other industries, you I know, diggity's now a digger, da, da, da. Um, <laughs> so I was like, cool, done for the day. That proper used up all my brain power, order a pizza, sit down, playing a bit of UFC too. And then I see that there's some Stormzy chip beef kicking off. And I'm like, oh, fine. So then... My phone started to buzz and I thought, okay, I'm sure this is people asking, you know, I, I'm sure it's just messages. And I went onto Twitter when my pizza arrived and clicked on the, the, the link to the beef and my name was at the top. Mm. So I'm thinking, what on earth have I done yeah. to do to be mingling with Stormzy and Chip? And it's saying things <laughs> like, oh, you know, uh, Chip sent for Stormzy, but the only person who has 24 hours to respond is Munya. I'm thinking, since when? <laughs> like, yeah. when have I become a certified grime MC? So now I'm under pressure. I'm eating my pizza. And the reason I keep mentioning this pizza is because yes, it, it, sounds, it gave it me delicious. <laughs> well, it wasn't because it gave me food poisoning. I swear. So, yeah. So okay. I'm eating this pizza, gradually being food poisoned, reading these tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then thinking, okay, I, 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 I message, I message my manager. I'm like, uh, you know, people are really hounding me for this. What do you think? Mm. And then she's saying, you know, uh, you know, maybe just wade out of it if you're if you want to leave them to it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Mm. The pressure still come in. And I open my laptop and just maybe scribble a couple of bars. And uh, I then think, no, I'm too tired. It's half 11. Mm. Really tired. My brain's already exhausted. And then I saw there was one message in my Twitter inbox. Mm. So I opened it up now. It was John Boyega. Yeah. And he said, get to a shower station now. Yeah. So now I'm like, ah, oh, shit, it's on. You're like, I have to do John, it now. Do you know what I mean? John called you, boy. This is it. So <laughs> then I stayed up all night and I can feel my belly's doing a madness. I'm thinking, right, it's supposed to be butterflies to get involved in this rap beat. <laughs> and um, yeah, I write my bars. I, I, I phone my um, my editor slash cameraman, Carlos, who's amazing because he, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't film it myself and I couldn't ask Scott because he's hibernating around that time. Yeah. So I said to, I said to Carlos, I said, uh, I'm going to need you really early tomorrow to, to film this um, diss track. Mm. 
And he was like, no worries, man, I'm going to bed now. I set my alarm for eight. And I was thinking, it's going to be a lot earlier than eight, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, so I ended yeah. up calling him at 3 a.m. We went there, we made the video, you know, put it out. And people were like, wow, I can't believe how fast it is. That was a one-off. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. There, there's going to be times I can react really quickly. And there's going to be times when I might be busy. I might be here. Yeah. But if it's something that needs uh, humour just to remove some of the ten- like the tension or the depressingness of the issue... I'm always going to try and respond. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I don't want speed to define me. I want it to be quality. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll be quick, sometimes I won't. But yeah, I love the idea that, you know, people like you and myself, there are people who come home and watch our videos and it changes their whole day. Do you oh, know what yeah. I mean? That is just, yeah, ma- yeah, that's yeah. just mad to me. Like, um, I think you sometimes you can so easily get lost in the creativity of stuff mm. that you don't realise that someone on the other end of it who they just want to laugh yeah and you're sitting there like yeah but this punchline can work with that and maybe if i said it like this or i cut the video here because mm. it's, it's it's one minute 20 seconds mm-hmm. how can i shave off 10 seconds yeah oh it's not really funny okay but where the person watching is like <clears throat> that 20 seconds did not make a difference i just found it really really funny mm. get your snacks chill out and enjoy the mo gilligan podcast can i ask you a question yeah what um so obviously i'm in a very different part of my journey to you and some of the pressure that I get is the pressure, like, you know, to react quickly or the mm. pressure to, um, you know, now that I have people supporting me, it's like the pressure to not let them down. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. about you? Because, you know, you've mm. got TV shows, documentaries. Yeah. All these things. What, what do you, do you, <laughs> do you feel pressure? And also, um, well, first of all, yeah, what are your pressures? And also, do you feel them? You know, for me, early on when I was doing the videos, mm. I did feel that same pressure. So, for example... I would have people saying, oh, Mo, it's going to be 30 degrees mm-hmm. this Sunday. We need, we need a cut mm-hmm. of cans video. Mm-hmm. And I'll be sitting there and I'm looking for instrumentals. You've got to imagine like I'm shaping this not around me, mm-hmm. around the character. What what would the geezer want to react to? Okay, this track, no, it's too, it's too, too, it's too new school dancehall. I need an older track. So I'm looking through tracks of tracks of tracks. I'm looking. I remember once I messaged um, Novelist, mm. MC. Mm-hmm. He had this track that he'd done in his SBTV, um, like like thing that he was doing in a boxing ring. And I messaged him. I was like, dude, can I have that track? I can't find an instrument. So he gave it to me. So I was like, cool. Then I was like, nah, that don't really work. Because I'm trying to get the flow. Flow weren't working. But I know I'm like, the clock is counting down because yeah. I'm like, I've got two days because it's going to be 30 degrees mm-hmm. on this Thursday. And it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's Tuesday. So I sit there, I'd sit there, I'd try it this way, I'd try it. The, 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 the funniest thing is, that's when I used to live at my mum's house. Mm-hmm. So my bedroom had a little balcony. So I'd set up the camera, put the curtain behind me, then I'd record. But where my mum lives, there's a park. So people will pass the parkway. So <laughs> there's like, it's so weird. There's like, there's trees. Yeah. Then there's this little gap mm. right near the trees. So if mm. you walk past that gap and look up, you will see me and then carry on going through the trees and you won't see me, but you mm. will hear me. Mm. So you can imagine I'm sitting there 30 degrees and it's hot. I've got sun on my face yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to get the lighting right because the sun could be going down. I don't want my neighbours to hear what I'm doing either. Yeah. And then I've got, I've got a speaker there. So I'm sitting there like, all right, cool. All right, ready? Cool. Play. Then I'm running to the window, put the thing on. Then I've got to get into character. Yeah. What's happening? And I'm not talking to anyone. Mm. What's happening? You're right, Julie. <laughs> and there's someone down in the park. So <laughs> you walking past, I look like an absolute crackhead. <laughs> I look like the most crackhead you've ever seen. Yeah. What's happening, Julie? Oh yeah. You what? 
What are you talking about, love? Anyway, anyway, I'm a geezer. Get the cans in the freezer. You wouldn't be walking past like, what is going on over there, yeah. bro? So it left me with this huge pressure to then deliver because then when I'm putting it out, I remember I used to have a video, put it out. I couldn't look at my phone for 10 minutes. Mm. I was like, I don't want to look at it mm-hmm. because I was like, this might be the one that people don't feel. And I put so much into it and you guys have demanded it because it's hot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know, man. And I put the video out and I'm like, oh, they like it. Phew. I know. I can breathe. Mm-hmm. So definitely I had that pressure early on when I was creating videos because for me, it was, you know, sometimes when for me, it was like the character and the catchphrase, the geezer mm-hmm. was becoming bigger than me. Yeah. So it was like, cut the cans. We like blood clot. I have no money. I have, I'm broke. <laughs> I'm still catching the bus. Mm. <laughs> like I'm still, go, I'm still walking around. So I'll go to my corner shop, mm-hmm. but people would say, oh, you're the couple of cans guy, isn't it? Yeah. Sick, bro. What I'm saying, my brother, you need to say something for, for Oh my God, bro. So, I they asked you, could you get the ones where they just start, they've already started Oh yeah, filming. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, yeah, you need to get in my thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, say it, say it, say it, bro. Say it, mm-hmm. bro. So obviously me, I'm just like, I felt like I owed this duty to people. Yeah. So yeah. already I'm just activated. What's happening, Gaze? You're right, what's your name, mate? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, sick, man. Yeah, yeah. See, if you can do it again, yeah, but like <laughs> say my name in it this time. Okay, cool. What's happening, mate? What's your name, mate? Damien, what's happening, Damien? Count McKenz. So I mm. felt like I was performing for everyone else and I was losing myself. So as much as the geezer was great and people said, oh, I love this video when you've done that one, me, Mo. Gilligan was going further and further and further away where I was like, I don't feel like I've got an identity. I feel like I walk on the bus. Everyone knows who I am, but no one wants to say, Hey man, how are you, man? Like Mm. everyone would rather say, can I get a video? Can I get a snap? Can I get a picture? You know, where to the point where I'd be in West End and I walk around and I'd have to go through the back street because people would recognize me. But I was like, and it's not, well, I don't say this in a negative way, but I'm just going to a meeting. So my, my head is focused of like, cool, I say this, Say that, make sure I'm on time. But then someone stops in the car. Hey, brother, what are you saying? A couple of cans, yeah? Say something on my thing. And I felt like I had to do it because I owed it to <clears throat> you yeah. people. You know, I owed it to people. I owed it to the people that would say, oh, you know, like, you got to do a video this on this day. So I, I was coming further away from myself. And it came to a point where, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what I'm going to do is do like an online series of the geezer. That's what they want. You know, they're asking me, they want it, this, do an online series. And I created this, you know, I had this format, he's going to do this. And it's, you know, I had everything set up, you know, like mm-hmm. I'd written it all out. Then I was like, shh, shh. no, that's not what I'm doing. I need to be myself because once this, if it, if it ever does, if it finishes, it will just be like, yeah, do you remember that geezer thing that most of do? That was bare funny. But yeah. no one's going to be like, oh, how is that guy, man? He was sick, man. Like, what's he doing now? They mm. just put up the old videos. So that's why I had to start coming back to myself and being, making me stand out more than the characters. Oh, so percent. yeah, I think for me, there was a huge, huge <clears throat> pressure first starting out. I think I was quite lucky in the fact that Michael Dapper was putting out his videos as well. So I, what, what was helping me was helping him and vice versa. So he put out a video, then I'm like, oh, cool. I'll put out one that, like the next day because that's going to help me and that's what it was doing people were mm. like oh man Mo, Michael man these guys are doing their thing so that was like most probably one of the times where like I felt like I had a bit of sanity because I had someone to share it with yeah you know I could go to an event and there's someone I'm like this is crazy isn't it mm. yeah man it is mm. and that was I'd say like the the time where there was that pressure I think what comes with it, with it now because 
the spotlight's on me of like, cool, you've done Netflix, you've won a BAFTA. Like, what's next for you? But I don't feel that there's that pressure to like deliver. I think there's always a pressure in myself of like, cool, I want to create this and create that because I, I'm now in a place of, I need to start building the foundations of what it is that I want to do mm. going forward to sustain a career because it's great getting there, you know, but how do you stay there? Yeah. You know, I, I, I certainly agree with you when you say about, uh, you know, having to be bigger than your characters, mm-hmm. because I was actually very fortunate that you and Michael were, and, and Coyote as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All of you were showing what happens once you start to succeed with character comedy. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know if I'd ever really intended to do characters, but I just ended up that way. Yeah, yeah. And when I start to do Unknown P, which is like the posture rapper character. Yeah. For me, I was using it to express this very irritating type of upper class person that I was forced to grow up around <laughs> yeah, when I grew yeah. up in Norwich in a village called Framingham Pigger. <laughs> yeah. And they made me feel crazy. Honestly, Mo, I lived a, a life you would never imagine in this village because we yeah. had to move to this village because my mum got a job or the guy who owned the village. Mm -hmm. So as part of that, we had to move into this place where, you know, you were more likely to get run down by a badger than another human. Like I was literally the only brown guy in the village. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I was, I was, I got a job waitering at this uh, catering company, Mm. which to give you like a a bit of a scope of their clientele, minimal has to be millionaires. When the queen came to Norwich, they would serve the queen. Mm. So it's like a very fine establishment. And obviously yeah, the yeah, customers yeah. are the cream of the crop, you know, yeah. they're proper, you know, I was serving, <laughs> serving potatoes to this guy one day in this, in this tent. It was so hot. I had this bowl of potatoes like bulging off my arm. And I remember serving this guy potatoes and he sort of looked up at me and he was like, I bet you're used to this heat, aren't you? <laughs> like, you, know you think Zimbabweans just walk around with bowls of potatoes being like, I am ready. <laughs> uh, and then another time I remember this guy was like, uh, <laughs> Again, I was serving him something and he was like, um, oh, you know, you speak very good English. And I thought, <laughs> then you guys make me feel like I'm the weirdest human being in the world. Yeah. So when I moved to not, um, sorry to London and I saw that not many people were like that in Framingham Piggott, mm. I thought I got, I thought to myself, I've got to like reflect what I've been through through this character. Mm. And the thing about Unknown P that I love so much is that if you hate the character... You're almost kind of, that's exactly why I've designed it. Yeah, yeah. Because that was a type of person I was coming across and I thought, you're so patronising, so ridiculous, so cringe. Mm. So when people dislike the character, I'm sort of like, well, you were kind of meant to. Yeah, yeah, And then if they like the character, I'm like, oh, well, that's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. So, but I could see that I didn't expect him to resonate so much as a character. Mm. And I could see that people wanted me to just put out Unknown P all the time. Where's Unknown P? Where's the next tune? But I knew the day that I put out a week of Unknown P straight, I'll go, it's done out here now. I'm bored of it. Yeah. That's why months at a time disappear. Mm. Weeks at a time. And then just right moment, bring the character back. Because I want to keep the character alive. And I want to take it on a lifespan where it's like, you've seen him go from the sketches to the fire in the booth to whatever happens next. Yeah, And then, yeah. then one day I will retire the character, but I just want you to be able to go back and see a life story. Yeah, yeah, of course. So in relation to what you were saying, I think uh, I've certainly benefited from seeing how you guys have dealt with you know, how have you navigated the landscape of character comedy? And, you know, your your journey has been sort of TV shows, Netflix, BAFTA. Those are all things that I go, okay, cool. That's something I can aspire to now because mm. I've seen it done before. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to know your pressures. But I also think it's very important for everyone, you and myself, everyone watching that, you've got to put a stop point on your, on how much it takes to make you happy. And what I mean by that mm. is, I shouldn't now turn around and go, okay, cool. I've got to be 
I got to get Netflix first, mm. then I got to get a BAFTA, then I can be happy. Mm. Because if I said to you right now, are you the happiest you're ever going to be? You might say to me, well, to be fair, I've got the BAFTA, but I'd really like to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. Whereas I'm thinking what's going to make me happiest is your BAFTA. If that makes sense. So it's almost like you have to define what's the point when I'm going to turn around and go, actually, I'm really proud of myself. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, you're, never gonna, you're never going to be there. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You'll never experience that happiness. I think especially for me early on when I started touring, like that was when I first started touring because it was like, wow, I'm doing it. This is what I wanted to do. Mm. Tour and be a comic and people come out to a show. Because when you're on a show with a, a lineup, sometimes they're just there for the headliner and you're making up numbers sometimes. But when it was like, wow, people are coming out for me. And then at the end of the show, they want to take a picture with me and tell me like, oh man, that was great. I really enjoyed it. And we're doing this all around the country. But I think at that, at that time, I'd be like, yeah, it's good. But I, why am I get, why, how comes I don't get booked for this? That show, I think I should get booked for this. Mm-hmm. And I always was in a place of just like, yeah. Like, and you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm literally living my dream. Mm. But I'm at the dream and I'm not very happy at the moment. That's it. Because I'm chasing this thing and once I get there you, you chase the other thing yeah and I think that's that early stage of when I've done the videos was when I was most probably the unhappiest so looking back at a lot of that stuff now yeah I, it's like a different person mm. apart from the characters because I separate myself from the character yeah but whenever I see like old pictures or videos I look at it and I'm just like oh, I, remember, I remember how I really felt yeah. so I, I you know I've seen uh, some old footage of me doing comedy around that time mm. and I was looking at it and I was just like that's not me yeah because you can see it sometimes in your eyes you know what's what you're actually going through at that mm-hmm. time whether it's a picture because I remember how I felt around that time so looking back at a lot of that stuff then was very hard to it's even now I look back at it and I'm just like mm, yeah it's, that's mm. why I don't put up a lot of my old videos yeah so I don't say oh do you remember when I done this video there's certain videos I have they'll always have uh, kind of they'd always have something there for the video where I was like this is a video I'd done and I remember what it took to get there mm-hmm. and it made me happy Yeah, but was I happy at the time? No mm-hmm. and I think now I'm at a place where you know sometimes people say to me so what's, what's next for you man? Like what's next? And I'm like I don't know yeah. I'm just feeling the motions so I'm in a place now where I'm most probably my most happiest where I can really let the shackles off be myself the funny thing is, whenever I'm on in stories, 90% of the time I'm laughing at something. Yeah. And people are like, why are you always laughing at yourself, man? I'm like, <laughs> because I, I finally feel happy. Mm. You know, like I wake up and get to do what I like and I'm enjoying what I like. I actually do remember a conversation that we had um, where you were telling me that, you know, some people say to you, oh, you know, I used to watch your stuff. Yeah. Because it's almost like they've seen you on TV now and it's almost as if they go, oh, well, that part of the journey is not for me. Yeah. Whereas in actual fact, I'm thinking, no, I want my, my audience who have watched me from day one to all come with me on that yeah, journey. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think for me in this space now, it's it's so weird because me announcing that I'm doing this show is someone who feels like, oh, no, I'm now further and further away. Mm. So it's always very mindful of like, yeah, I might do this big show, but that hasn't changed the person that I am. I just mm. have different opportunities. I'm just explore, exploring my career to the point of like, do you know what? I, may, I might just try this. I might just try that. Because ultimately I know the people that support my stuff, they're like, I want to see you go as far as possible. And I'm going to stay on this train until it gets to the last stop. Mm. Where there's some people that jump on a train and say, do you know what? I'm only going one stop. 
Cool, mm. man. It's mm. not for me. And that's, that's okay. That's all right. You came at some part of my journey. And there's also an evolution where that person might get off earlier and actually in the next couple of years, they might join back and say, yeah. oh, do you know what? I grew up watching this guy, man. Wow. Mm. Like, and I had that, you know, I listened to sometimes music and I was like, yeah, it's not for me. But now that's the music that I want to listen to. Mm. That's the stuff that reminds me of my, 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 my teenage years and stuff. Mm. So, yeah, but I definitely think there is that thing where I think with social media, it can sometimes create this reality of like, oh, you're, you're here and I'm just, I'm just a person watching and stuff. And am I, am I a view? Am I just a like, am I just a retweet Yeah, and stuff where it's mm. like, well, no, you definitely add value. You saying to me, I really enjoy it or leaving a comment. Mm-hmm. That is what encourages me to make the content I do. Yeah. So I never, I, I'm always mindful of like, you know, because I haven't, you know, re- replied back to your, your DM or, yeah. you know, like clicked like on your tweet. That doesn't mean I, I can't see it. I yeah, see it. No. And that's what encourages me. Mm. You leave that comment. I'm like, cool, man. You're you like it. Going. Cool. Because if I see you back again, I'm like, oh, big up, big up this person, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This person. Yeah, you're, yeah. Big up this person. <laughs> Sometimes you <know>? it's like <laughs> replying to messages can lead to a whole different rabbit hole. Uh, you, because. <laughs> can I ask so, you something? Yeah, go on. Do you get, like, you see rappers, yeah? Yeah. Because your wit is like some, it's some like mad funny wit. Mm. And sometimes musicians are very serious. Yeah. <laughs> like I've done jokes with certain musicians and like, I think it's funny. And they're yeah. like, you're big man. Stop doing that. <laughs> Have you well, had that? Yeah. There was this one time, I suppose. So I would, I'd say 99% of any rapper that's ever been in my video, or whatever, mm. all of them have like an unexpectedly good sense of humor. Yeah. In the comments laughing or asking to repost and stuff. And that actually makes me respect an artist more when Massive, they real when you when realize it, when, it can take, when artists can take a joke, oh it's my, a big yeah. deal. Oh, it makes a world of difference. So I'd say everyone from uh you people like Digger D, Dutch, Heady One, uh even like Gigs as we mentioned earlier, all of them have had a great sense of humor. So I've got yeah, a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah. For uh, I remember being at the uh, the Brits this year. February, yeah, because you were, you were presenting there as well on the yes, red carpet. Yeah. Congratulations! For Thank that. you, mate. That was yeah, dope, that, man. that was that was on a side note. That was so great because I'd won a competition a few years ago. Yeah, to uh, present at the Brits, where everyone had to vote mm. for me to get there. This was when I was at uni, mm. and I remember because it was quite a small production company. We were right at the end of the carpet. Yeah, no one gets there like yeah. you interview a tumbleweed. Do you remember you when I seen you at the NME Awards? Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do remember I that. I was bare gas to see you because oh, I really. Oh, someone I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, go on, brother. Are you all right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be here because no one wanted to talk uh, to me. Bro, I, I no that. No press. That's the same as what I was like at that at that thing. So yeah. for it to come full circle a few years later and to be actually doing it for the Brits was amazing because we got put right at the top of the carpet. We got to speak to everyone. And this is where this encounter happened. So yeah. around that time, it would have been February. In December, November, we dropped, uh, myself and Sideman had dropped a parody about D-Block. So yes. D-Block European Union. Because you just couldn't, yeah, you couldn't escape, uh, you couldn't escape Brexit. Yeah. So I thought, look, we've got to try and address what's happening through music. So I thought D-Block Europe's the closest thing we can come to the EU. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? That was sick, by the so, way. So, oh yeah. I, <laughs> that, was, that, that video but, was so sick. Yeah, that was unexpected. <laughs> he had the hair and that. I know, and everyone fancied me with the dreads and I was like, I just can't make it happen with this hairline. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not going to happen. Stop dreaming. But um, anyway, I remember we did two parodies. Yeah. And uh, on the night of the Brits, I saw Young Ads and LB who are staggeringly tall. So I saw them in the flash suits and I thought, oh, I'm going to, they, they were speaking to like a, a camera crew before us. And I thought, well, hopefully they come over, we can have a little chat. 
anyway, got distracted, interviewed someone else. Next thing I know, they were all the way down the carpet. Mm. But then I feel this sort of nudge on my arm. And uh, it's, it's uh, there. the third member, Little Pino, I think his name is. Mm. Um, I know I make it sound like a wine, but I think that's how you say his name. <laughs> yeah. And um, he said to me, oh, I think he said something along the lines of, oh, we don't really like what you're doing with our flow. Mm. Now, because I'm there with the Brits and the, the camera crew are sort of looking, I'm thinking, I can't afford there to be drama. So I went, oh, what's that, mate? And he went... <laughs> He said, we don't like what you're doing with our flow. And I looked at him again. I just pretended not to. And I was like, what's that again? <laughs> and he sort of looked at me and then just went and just dropped it and went, anyway, you're having a good night. I was like, yeah, I'm having a great night. It's fantastic. And he was like, I was like, hopefully you win. And he sort of disappeared. And I was like, thank God, because <laughs> cause I'm about to have my first beef on the red carpet at the Brits. So I don't know. I don't know whether there's love, whether there's love or dislike there, because a video shortly after Young Ads commented on with laughing faces but maybe didn't know it was me so i'd say that's the i'd say apart from little pino everything's been pretty plain sailing apart from the pino oh, shape man. it's so funny because when you're in that position yeah mm. it's like i remember what i used to do this character with like i say character but i remember doing stand-up and i'd, I'd get these these really bad looking teeth mm. sunglasses and i'd be like oh i used to use gets impression of gets right and I remember, like, I'm, I'm doing this impression. Everyone's like, bruv, that impression is sick, bruv. That impression is sick. Mm-hmm. This is at a time where grime is still underground. It's not kind of like 2016 when it starts emerging. It's still, it's how, it's how drill is now, basically. Mm. So, you know, I'm doing this and everyone, and I'm doing it at a comedy show and everyone's like, oh man, people are acting him. Gets, have you seen Mo's sketch? Like, have you seen what he does on stage? Mm. And everyone's like, that is so funny. That, and I'm getting real MCs tell me this, mm-hmm. bruv. That impression you do of Gets, spot on. So I was like, oh, I'm going through the motions, isn't it? And then I remember there was a show. It was like this show called Sunday Show. But it was like this kind of award show, basically. So I was doing, I was, I think I was doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. So coming on after was Gets, right? <laughs> so the stage is here. In order to get into the stage, you've got to go through this door here. And there's a ramp that leads up this stage, right? So I was like, cool. I can't, um, someone said, oh, you're going to be on in a bit. I've got back. Before I get to this stage... Gets is there with Kano <laughs> and like 10 guys. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't not walk past them. Mm-hmm. They're there. So I was just like walking past and I managed to walk past him just about to go on stage. All I heard was, yo Mo, yo Mo, come here, bruv. And I was like, okay. who's that? Sounds like Gets. So I was just smiling. <laughs> yo, what's going on? Gets, he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, come here, man. Come here, man. Everyone's all smiling. But like the rest of the guys are just like, just, just chilling. Like, mm-hmm. And the part of me is like, oh, whoa, what's Kano's there? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, what are the chances? <laughs> yeah. Like, get down there. He puts his arm around me. He's like, hey, that's get your doing, man. It's bare funny, man. I'm like, cheers, man. Thanks, man. I'm big fan, yeah. man. Yeah, here what? But you got to stop doing that, though, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. Of course, man. Nah, nah, seriously, though. Stop doing that, though, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. <laughs> the grip's getting tired. And then, and then he left his like, have a good set though. Smash it still. <laughs> cool. I was just on stage just like trying to tell jokes, but in my head, <laughs> I'm just like, I might get rushed if I go back down, you know. I might just have to just stage dive as a comic. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Did you do the Getz impression that, that time? No, 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 no. It, from that day on, it finished. It stopped. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is when I started doing the videos, like mm-hmm. he was one of the people that, you know, like now whenever I see him at stuff, he's just, you know, I think... 
the good thing is now the scene has come a lot full circle where we do have people doing parodies of musicians and the musicians mm. are like, rah, I find it funny. That is how good your craft is. If someone is doing some kind of impression of you and something, that is how big your star is now. Mm. That someone has oh, kind of got the creativity to say, I want to do an impression of you because you're that, you're that, you're, you know, you're that different that I want to do an impression of you. And, and it's always got to be at a level of where you're laughing you want them to be laughing with them. That's for right. Example. So when I was doing the Gets thing, people are laughing at me, mm-hmm. but they're also laughing with Gets. With Gets is watching. I want you to laugh with him if mm-hmm. you're in a room. Not be like, oh my mm-hmm. God, that is so funny. Like, look, he's doing you. Mm-hmm. I want you to all be in a room and all laugh together. You've got to be in on the joke. That's yeah. what I've learned. Um, uh, and in a lot of uh, meetings that I've had where it's been about TV shows and it's been about, oh, who could your characters meet? You know, what could they do? Mm-hmm. I was taught that you know you mustn't just attack somebody through humor who doesn't deserve it definitely so a tommy robinson or a nigel farage or a pretty patel mm. in many cases their actions affect and impact so many negatively yeah that to go okay i'm going to do something that sort of teases you a little bit mm. there's enough justifiable license for you to go cool you're going to be at the butt of the joke because you've done some pretty nasty things as well yeah, yeah whereas yeah, to go up to a randomer uh, in character to be like, oh, look how silly you are and stuff. It actually reflects badly on you for yeah, sure. Yeah, massively. Um, and that's why I, another encounter that I am very, that I'll always remember is when I actually met Unknown T for the first time. Okay. This was at a Wingstop event. And uh, I remember being there with, I think it was with my manager. Um, and um, we were there and I remember walking up the stairs in my little box of like un- unseasoned wings. Yeah. And I could see this huge <laughs> group behind us. And a huge group behind us, hoods up and stuff. And I thought, oh, I don't know, you know, it must be a celeb because they've got lots of people around them. Yeah. So anyway, we're eating now. And um, I got this nudge and I looked and this guy was like, oh, I'm Unknown T's manager. And I was like, mm. oh, wicked, good to meet you. Thinking, didn't I didn't know Unknown T was there. Mm. And then he was like, oh, yeah, and Unknown T's over there. Mm. So I now looked and I saw him and he sort of like nodded. Nothing to suggest he was either like with, with me or against me. Yeah. And um, you got to edit out that voice break because <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> That's a fear that I had on the day. Um, anyway, so I walked over to the table and sat down and it was him. the unknown t- So it was a manager, unknown team, this guy who had like a scar literally going 360 of the way around his head. Mm. So I thought, right, you know... If, I'm sure I could walk out with one of them scars if I'm not careful. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, I sat down and Anunt- I said to Anunti, I was like, you know, so what do you think? And he was like, I like it. You know, he's like, when we first, me and my boys first saw it, we we're thinking, what's this? But it's how he, I remember him saying, you know, it's, it's drawn attention to what I'm doing. Mm. So I'm cool with it. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, I'm happy now because you can see that the character is not even made as an attack on you. Yeah, it's yeah. literally it's meant to encapsulate what happens when a certain group of posh people in society go, oh, you know, li- literally hate when black people do this, literally. And then they see it popping and they're like, oh my God, like I've always loved drill. Like drill is literally popping. I love it. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be that guy, that culture vulture who is in- personified in this character who goes, yeah, drill, band drill, band drill, band drill. What unknown T Homerton B's popping? Oh yeah, love drill, love drill. That's what yeah. I made the character for. So the fact he could see that, I was like, that felt like a, an accomplishment. It feels like a win, mm. especially for your creativity, because it lets you know that, like, oh, rah, well, if you like it, then hopefully there's more people that like it. So for your creativity, it does so much for your confidence because then you're like, oh, yeah. wow, like, cool, man. Like mm. when I started doing the, the, the geezer stuff, a couple of cans, 
that you know the people who liked it the most were the, the lads. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like especially when I was with a lot of my friends, we go to wireless. He's like, "Oh, what's happening, mate? Mate, that cup of cans. I'll show it to my dad. He's a taxi driver. Mm. Absolutely love my literally. If I'm in central London, taxi drivers will stop in the middle of West End. Mo, what's happening, mate? <laughs> cup of cans. Yeah, but." Because I know, especially amongst that community of black taxi drivers, mm. that is that kind of character. So I know, especially when I was doing it, it wasn't to to mock those people as, as geezers. And the, the beautiful thing is when I create my characters, it's whatever you want it to be. Mm. So sometimes I, I read stuff and it's like, yeah, it's really cool because Moses, like black guy who's pretending to be white. And I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> no, no. But that's your interpretation of it. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Mm. A geezer is a geezer. Mm-hmm. Like you can be black and be a geezer. You can be white and be... Like you can be Asian, you can be whatever you want. But so there's a person that sees that character and they can say, oh, actually, no, Mo is actually a black guy who is, who he thinks he's white, but he's actually black. He doesn't know his culture. And I'm like, nope, that's how you've seen it. So I let every <laughs> yeah. audience member see it how they want. But mm. then other characters like Cavani, that is just your little brother. Yeah. That is someone's little brother, your little cousin. You might not have grown up with a little brother, but he has the traits that you might see in yourself mm-hmm. or see in someone else. So, I think that's what's really nice, like talking to you, how you develop your characters and your creativity, you know, because it's really refreshing when, like, I, I like this is for me, like this, this is like my nerdy stuff. Yeah. Of, like when I can talk about creative aspects of how people do it, mm. I get mad nerdy in it. And sometimes people listen to this pod, they're like, I thought you man would just be bossing characters all day, but right, this is, <laughs> this is deep, bro. It's quite exhausting <laughs> to, it's, it's actually, it can be quite exhausting to be in character because you really got to, you know, you really got to embody them a lot. You know, for me, when I do, um, what's it now? When I do my newsreader, my mm. face really aches afterwards because I'm always <laughs> fixing my face and butty crease. Butty <laughs> crease, yeah. That was actually, if you want to nerd out about this one, I remember making that character in uh, just as to fill a gap one day on my feed because I was yeah. thinking, not a lot's going on apart from Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh, let me do a news report about if a, a black player won Wimbledon and I'll yeah. use this news reporter. So I put on my white shirt and stuff and I was made the sketch and I thought, okay, what's the funny thing I can say at the end? Because I'm obviously poking fun at the news. Is there one last dig I can have? And I was like, okay, mm. I'll call this news reporter Barty Grease <laughs> for two reasons. Number one, it you know, it just sounds funny. But number two, I thought to myself, if this character for any reason ever gets famous yeah. and is interviewed on TV, I will be able to force the newsreaders to say Barty Crease. And lo and behold, on Sky News... <laughs> 8 p.m. Uh, sorry, 8 a.m. one afternoon, <laughs> one morning. The news reporter was like, um, okay, so we're interviewing the um, online comedian Manu Chihuahua, whose Barty Crease has gone viral <laughs> recently. I was like, yes, it has. And then it gives me room to come back and be like, she was like, you know, so tell me about the character. Well, yes, if we dive into my Barty Crease. <laughs> If we really bust open the Barty Crease character <laughs> and just begin to explore that Barty Crease, you find actually there's a... <laughs> oh, that's so funny! <laughs> yeah, so I always give your characters a name like that. You know what's so funny, yeah? Because when I first seen the news report character you done, right? Mm-hmm. I watched it and I was like, oh, this is really funny. And I was like, Barty Crease? That's a, that's a different name for a character. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why do you call it Barty... Barty Crease! It's Barty Crease! <laughs> the way it fully dawned on me, I was like, oh, that's so sick. Man called him like, as if his name's Barty. Crease, bro. When I clocked that, I said, nah, man. 
I felt like I had literally found the Matrix. Like I was like, I'm in the Matrix. I found it. It's meant to be called Marty Crease, but it's Batty Crease, <laughs> fam. Genius. That uh, for you. me is like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> oh man! Oh man! I've been looking forward to talking, just sitting down with you, having a good chat because. Mm. I always say, like, you know, if there's any advice and stuff you want, just hit me up and stuff. Yeah, and man, you've given me some good advice for but sure. Honestly, man, like, I think you're someone, your creativity is like, it's so wicked to see, man. And I'm always a person, when I'm around, you know, there's some people I haven't, I haven't met, but I'm always very much like, dude, like, I love what you do with that. Or I like to tell people they're good in the moment. Mm. Like, you know, it's the like even like I was, I was with Michael not so long ago, Michael Dapper. Mm-hmm. He was doing the doc, and I was like, dude, like, and I don't get to normally say this because you're just in a position of like, oh, cool, like, what we say, man, like you, we said, I see you, bro, what new crap? Mm-hmm. But I said to him, I was like, dude, like, even with the doc, I was like, what you done is crazy. Three hundred and seventy-five million views, like, nuts. that is mad. You toured the world using career and stuff, and. It's so encouraging to see because now I, I think when I was doing these videos, we would always look at oh, what, what are these Americans doing with the vines? Whoa, 15 seconds. Their quality is sick. Mm. Oh, man. And I think sometimes it's very easy to look at that and be like, we need to do stuff like that. But now it's like, and it's not to say now, like there's massive loads of people that have come before, but there's people now who, you know, young people growing up who were saying, do you know what? I don't just have to be a footballer or a rapper. I can be, I can be a comic, mm-hmm. but not a comic where it's just like, I don't, I've never been on stage. I don't know. Like, can I still be a comic? Can I still be a comedian? Like yeah. you can pick up a camera and create what you want and be in a position where to be like, it's cool to laugh at me. Yeah. I really don't mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not too cool for school. Feel free to laugh at me because I want you to enjoy that. I want you to enjoy what the comedy that I'm trying to create, you know, and I think that's what's really cool of what you do. Like, you know, you can allow people to kind of laugh at you in a sense. Because I've seen some videos where you've done with artists and stuff. And mm. like, you know, you put yourself out there in a position where you're like, I'm the butt of the jokes here. I yeah. know that I'm creating this so I can be the butt of the jokes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also at a stage where you can then create a character like Barty Crease, which is really serious, but really funny. Yeah. But this is like, now laugh with me, you know? Yeah. And you can laugh at at the same time. That balance is not not everyone can get that right Mm. laugh with me but laugh at me at the same time but also take me seriously a little bit as well Mm. you know like i'm I'm creating sick content here yeah it's i i I really don't know how i learned to do it but i just mm. know that my life experiences somehow lend themselves to doing that you know everything from you know i was i was always very good in school because my dad was like you need to be the best in school Mm. so by rights I shouldn't necessarily have gone down as well as I have because, you know, people might say, oh, you know, this guy's really nerdy. What's all these long words, this and that, the other. Mm. But, you know, people embrace me for it. Mm. And for the, you know, for the people who don't, you know, because there's there's definitely a guy who sits at home and waits for any video to come out and goes, is it just me or is this not funny? Straight face gang, where you're at? And it's like, okay, but listen, this is the thing. If everybody got to remove a comedian they didn't feel was funny, there would be no comedians. Yeah. So it's worth letting people enjoy what they find funny. Yeah, yeah. Because the variety is the spice of life, of course. Yeah. And in addition to that, you know, uh, we don't adopt the attitude to anything else. Mm. People who love Nando's or Vapiano's or whatever will go to those restaurants and enjoy them. They'll never walk into, uh, you know, a Wagamama's and go, oh, this food is dead. 
everyone should go to Vapianos instead. They never do that. <laughs> they spend their time ordering in the places that they like. So with comedy, yeah. with music, with any any creative output, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. if you re- what's more beneficial for the existence of the scene is go to the people you like and tell them instead mm-hmm. of wasting your time telling the people you don't like that you don't. Yeah, that's really, really important. And I think it's like, I find it hilarious if someone watches a whole video, which is two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then you said to yourself, I don't find this funny. Mm. I'm like, you sat through two minutes of <laughs> yeah. something you don't like mm. to then tell me you don't find it funny. Mm-hmm. That does nothing for me. Yeah. That just lets me know that you're an idiot <laughs> sitting through <laughs> yeah. two minutes of something you don't like. Do you think if I don't like a film, I'm going to be like, do you know what? I just might as well watch it to the end. <laughs> yeah. See how much more I don't like of it. Mm. Switch it off. Yeah. Not to say this film is terrible. It's like, it's not for me. Exactly. It's not for me, man. Mm. There's other people that enjoy it, but it's not for me. But honestly, man, man, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the pod. I can't stop laughing about the Barty crease. <laughs> I yeah. really want to see if I can find that footage of you on Sky now. My, my, so I can watch it back. Like, look at this idiot. And, and, what's, and what's even better about that is now when you go away today, <laughs> everyone says, what are you smiling about? Just, I'm just thinking about Barty Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're right. Yeah, man. When you said Barty Crease, man. <laughs> yeah, funny. But no, nah, man, honestly, like, I really think, like, you know, the future for yourself, like, and I, I don't really want to say the future is a patronizing thing, mm-hmm. but, like, your your level of, of intuity of what you want, what you want to create, where you want to go is going to get you so far mm-hmm. in life. It's so good to see at this stage in your in your career mm. it's, it's really refreshing to see someone who's enjoying it in the moment how they want to create it, how they don't want to create it what they might want to mm, you know I might try and do this and honestly man like literally like the world is is your oyster so you must just go out there of course man and check the oyster brother <laughs> <laughs> I will man so no, yeah man well thank um, you for getting me on the pod nah no problems you know, of man of course man I've got a, love and re- uh, a lot of love and respect for you right from that first radio show yes you know to think that we can still talk now is a real blessing and um, you know definitely in an unofficial sense because um, I know you're a busy guy like I've received already some great advice from you over whatsapp voice notes and stuff and that just makes me know like you're one of the good guys you know because oh, you're willing man. to Come help on, you know, you're you're trailblazing in your own lane, but you're you're willing to help us. In but you know what it is? It's also well. sorry to interrupt you, but it's mm. also one of the things where it's like we have to all win together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can't be this is the guy with the baton. Bloody hell, he's he's oh man! Like it, we have to win together. Yeah. And I think that is what's so important. That's why I say to anyone, look, if you need advice, just give me a shout. Me advice. I don't want to like be the person who put an arm around you. By the way, you don't want to do that. No. You don't want to do this. It's like, look, just do what you know is best for you. But if you need help in a way of like, oh, do you know what? Like, dude, yeah, man, if you want to think that or how to write a treatment or all these things, it's like everybody needs to help each other. I was very fortunate to have some people that can say, hey, man, you want to do this, you want to do that and stuff. So it's really important that, you know, and I and I don't even want to be like the, the uncle of the scene either. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. I've won the best today. So what you kids want to do now? It's like, no, that's that's not. I still learn from people mm. that are older than me or younger than me. Do you know what I mean? I'm never in a place mm. of like, yeah, you man are young, innit? Man's, man's won a bath bro. I don't know. Even some of the things you say today, you're just dropping gems. I'm sitting there like, oh, rah, that's, that's deep, man. <laughs> like, mm. So, um, yeah, thank you for doing the Mo Gilligan podcast. Is there anything you got coming up? that you, you want to speak about or well it depends when it it depends at the time of release but um hopefully a lot more to listen to i'd like to say yeah but i have one question for you a very quick one yes um, go for it where do you keep your bafta 
So, I haven't got the BAFTA yet. Oh, no, still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Actually, no. So, the BAFTA, I have to pick it up. I think it's like next week. Mm-hmm. Picking it up next week, basically. Because of the whole COVID thing, like, normally you get it at the award show. Uh-huh. But I think because of this whole situation with COVID there, that's why it's so funny. Sometimes I go on Twitter and I'm like, still waiting for the <laughs> Yeah, but I want to know, when you have a BAFTA, do you, yeah. what is that responsibility like of where do you put it in the house? Like, have you had to build a shelf you never even had before? Do you know what? Before I won it, I put a note next to the table mm. and said reserve for BAFTA 31st of the 7th of the 20th. That was before. And I said to my girlfriend, like, the night, I said, Ra, it's time tomorrow. I'm going to win a BAFTA. I went to bed and the next day I won a BAFTA. And that, when that drops in the Hollywood biopic, that seems <laughs> going to be sick still. That's going to be a tearjerker, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when Morgan Freeman's going to narrate that, <laughs> Morgan went to the toilet. <laughs> he said... Like you'll get some pressure again. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I think especially like those things, I always say like, they're amazing. I must celebrate them, but they're also a bonus. So I can't mm. stop. And I think it's really important like to tell people like yourself, like, like there's, so, there's, there's more than BAFTAs you can go for. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So get everything you can out there. Like, don't feel like the, the top is not enough. You know, mm-hmm. People say there's a glass ceiling where it's like, well, fuck it, I'm going on the roof, innit? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to look at you, man. And everyone's like, oh my God, that guy's on the roof. <laughs> look at him on the roof. Look at you pussy all down there in the glass. Do you know what I mean? I think that's a conversation so, of every pigeon in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. Guys, if you did enjoy, make sure you like, subscribe, use the hashtags, Mo Gilligan Podcast. It's been Amazing having Munya on and uh, yeah, take care. Peace. Peace. What's up, people? You're listening to the Mo Gilligan podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you use the hashtag the Mo Gilligan podcast.